when your worst nightmare comes to pass, it's a whole different experience. It changes everything completely. And, and then when I left the bank and then I lost the baby, it wasn't so much about proving anymore. It was not like, okay, what are you really living for? Hi guys, welcome to Becoming by Design podcast. My name is Moradion and I believe that the woman you are becoming is by intentional design and not by default. So each episode, I bring you an inspiring chat with a leading woman who is achieving great results, who is doing her stuff. And my hope is that you are able to draw out wisdom and lessons that will inspire you to be more intentional with the woman you are becoming. So thank you for spending some time with me today. Today's episode is really staring, guys. I'm sitting with Bola Tito Bezidakula, and she takes us on such a journey of how she was able to transform loss into light and find purpose through pain. Bola Tito is the author of Royalty, a book about self-worth, love, and freedom. She's also the convener of the Healing Cradle, a safe place to heal for parents dealing with the loss of a child. She's a former banker with a BSc in politics and international studies and an MSc in management. But now she leaves out her purpose as a light bearer. And from that, she started My Lighthouse, which was born as a purpose-driven calling that employs a genuine passion for sharing God's love with all people, particularly those who have been hurt. She leaves her purpose through writing, speaking, and various media platforms. She is unrepentantly in love with God and happily married to a musician friend, Bez. Gosh, this episode is powerful. I'd really love to hear what you enjoyed about it. So please, while you're listening, can you take a screenshot, put it up on your Instagram story, tag me, tag Tito Idakula, tag Becoming by Design. All handles will be in the description below. I would really love to hear your takeaways from this episode and what you can immediately begin to apply. So let's get into the episode. Thank you so much, Tito, for You're being welcome. here. This is, we've just been talking, guys. We've been talking for maybe the past, what, 20 minutes yes. before we started. And she's just really such a nice person. Like everything you see on Instagram and on her blog is true. She's she's so sweet, so nice. No, 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 you. She's made me feel so comfortable just being here. So thank you so Fantastic. much for being thank here. You. Thank you. Okay, so getting straight into the podcast, um, I'd like to find out. Um, we've heard the stories. We've read your blog, which was beautifully written, by the way. I remembered reading it, and as I was reading it, I started to cry. And because you took us on such a journey, I started reading it and I got to a point where I was really just bursting out in joy because I I felt like I was in your journey, in your story from the moment you got the news and then getting to the hospital and then, okay, don't let me tell the story. Let me allow (laughs) you to tell the story. The whole story. Yes, mama. Or, you know, just how it just really impacted you and, you know. Okay, so in... It was like so long ago now, doesn't mm. it? Like 2015? Mm. Yeah, so in 20, 2014. I honestly can't remember how many years so ago. Good. Like that's which all these old says a lot. Yeah. Because when you go through certain experiences, it feels like you'll never end. Mm. And then at some point, you actually start forgetting details that you never thought you would forget. Mm. So anyway, 2014 or 2015, got married and... I don't think I can remember reading <laughs> <laughs> I got married, I got pregnant, and um, 
I had to travel. So I was about six, seven months when I traveled. Mm-hmm. And I I noticed the whole time I was pregnant that this growth is always a bit behind. So you know how you go to the hospital, they do a scan, and maybe you expect that you'll be 40, maybe 32 weeks, and they tell you, oh, you're, you're measuring 28 weeks. And you're like, ah, something is off. And I remember always saying that to my doctors here, and they're always like, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. You're just a first-time mom, you're panicking. And so I go to the to the States, and the first time I went to see the doctor, and I told him my dates, he said something is off. There's definitely something wrong from the beginning. Okay, so go and do a scan. So we went to the first place, we did a scan. I just want to say, oh, they can't even see clearly, but from what they can see here, the measurements are off. I to to another scan. I had to do three scans in that day. And the final scan, they said, okay, so the issue is that the baby's lungs have not developed fully. So abdomen, everything, the abdomen was going up to the chest, and so you had to push the heart back. And last, last, it was called a congenital diaphragm, diaphragmatic hernia and it just meant that the diaphragm not the lung sorry the diaphragm had not developed enough to separate the chest from the abdomen mm-hmm. so basically she wasn't going to make it that was really the bottom line of the of, of the gist and i think at that point i was like oh that's business in fact i think i was just smiling because they're telling me i was smiling i don't think it really clicked because i was smiling to them like oh okay and yeah, that's fine anyway but some Bottom line, had the baby. I can't remember seeing her try to breathe. They didn't even have time to, for me to see her because they had to try to quickly save her life. But I remember her trying to breathe, but she couldn't because her lungs hadn't developed right. So that probably changed everything for me. Um, yeah, because you hear, maybe you might hear it happen to people. You never think some things will happen to you. You never think I'll, I'll get pregnant and I'll have a child and she won't survive. It barely occurs to you. I remember that the entire pregnancy, I was very scared. I was very afraid. Don't worry, I don't know. That happens all the time. I cry. I was very afraid. But I didn't know what I was afraid of. It never really occurred to me that it could actually happen. But I remember the entire pregnancy just having the spirit of fear. Like something's off, something's off. And I always pray. But when your worst nightmare comes to pass, it's a whole different experience. It changes everything completely. And she passed away. And now it's four years later. And I can't remember how many years ago it was. Which I guess is amazing on its own. Yeah, so that's that. <laughs> that story. And how how would you say you've changed the Tito before <laughs> then and then the Tito that you are now? I, I, that one, I'm sure, 100% hmm. that I'm not even the same person. Your entire perspective of life changes, you know. The Tito I was then, I was relatively spiritual, but not the way I am now. The way I am now is I, I, I understand more that life has to have a meaning, has to have a purpose. You know, when I was working in the bank and God said, leave the bank, I didn't really understand why. I didn't understand that he knew I was going to go through the process of the pain and the loss to actually start something else that would, by God's grace, encourage others. I, I didn't see that happening. I didn't see that for my life. That's know. when you were working at the bank. Yeah, when I was working at the bank, I, I really wanted, my main thing was to be successful, to have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And that was because I grew up, my dad is relatively successful, you know, wealthy, but he was very strict. And he wasn't the most generous, mm. you know. And I always remember growing up thinking, ah, when I grow up, I'm going to be very rich. 
and then maybe one day I'll even give you back all your money because we are using money to do for me. And that's what ruled my life. My success was based on I'm going to show you that I was successful, grew up in a polygamous home. So I had a lot to prove. Hmm. And then when I left the bank and then I lost the baby, it wasn't so much about proving anymore. It was not like, okay, what are you really living for? So I had to stop looking at I'm trying to prove to you, my stepmoms, all these people that ah, I was a successor. It now became, God, what exactly do you want from, do you want me? from me? Like, mm-hmm. okay, how am I supposed to live my life? And I think that's probably one of the most, that's one of my biggest blessings that that loss did for me. It changed everything, everything. I live more for God's purpose, to please God, to live for God. I live more for that than for anything else. If something I'm doing is not going to impact somebody's life positively, then I probably don't want to do it. You know, that's okay. that's 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 who I am now. And my husband always says that I'll probably rather just give you all my money than <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not. I, I understand what's important. So yeah, totally different person. How was it um, writing your book? Now being able to pen your story for other people to read. How was that your book? Like? Okay, I wanted to see what you would, what you would expect from me to talk about. It. Okay, so the book, oh, the book is titled Royalty, and it's if you read the book, you understand why I'm laughing. But okay. the book is probably one of the most vulnerable accounts of my life. So why the book was hard for me to write? It was very hard for me to write, not okay. because I was just writing about the loss of my baby. God had told me there was specific information I had to share that I didn't want to share. In the book, I write about being. In a university, okay. a teenager, and having two abortions. And I write about that because when I had the baby and she passed away, I remember thinking, ah, of course, this was going to happen to me. Oh, wow. Because hmm. when I had the opportunity, I did this. So hmm. I, it was only fair, in my opinion, that God would do this to me. Wow. Because... I, when I was doing that, I didn't think about the consequences. So I was sure that it was punishment. And after the after um, Afia, my daughter passed, I got pregnant again and I had a miscarriage. So it just made sense that we are now balanced. God. The two abortions. Yeah, the two miscarriages. Two like, yeah. I just, I, I, and I wasn't even mad at God for that. In fact, I was like, God, please forgive me. Okay, is enough. Please don't let this happen again a third time because I get it. I get it. I messed up. You did this to me. I did this. So it's okay. And I realized that God had to show me his grace. I had to let me know that, no, that's not how I work. And that's the overall point of the book. It's, it let me understand that just because you make mistakes, you've done some things, God isn't necessarily holding it against you. Not necessarily. God isn't holding it against you at all. At all. It doesn't mean those things won't happen, but the thought that it might be God punishing you for it and God taking a risk, a gift he has given you mm. has no God. And that, that was the overall point of the book. And I, I and the book also is called Royalty because it's all about knowing who you are. And when I was a young girl, I grew as I've said already, I grew up in a polygamous home. I had a few stepmoms. I never really had a, an idea of my self-worth, my value mm. as a person. My dad was very strict and was also relatively upset. I I never, nobody really ever instilled in me, oh, you're valuable, you're worth a lot. And I kind of just grew up anyhow, whatever. And when you grow up like that, sometimes you will make mistakes because nothing is of value to you. Your body doesn't matter, nothing. And so you make mistakes like I did. Have sex, no protection. Not like you may have sex in the first place, but even if you want to, maybe you just have more sense. Um. And I, I, I just 
did what I wanted to do. And probably after the second abortion that I started realizing that I was so miserable. I remember going to it. You know, you, the first one, I won't lie, I think I felt a bit of a relief. Because it was not there anymore. But the second one, I'm like, wait, this is not... Hmm. Hmm. You know, I felt like crap. I felt like a really crappy person. And I remember that it took a while to heal from that. Because everything just made me feel ashamed of myself. And I, 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 was, I said this in the book that there was a time when I was just thinking, what's there to life? I literally thought about just dying. Because there was just no point. And that's kind of when Christ started calling me again. I remember going to church and just crying. And it was great because I don't know one of those Nigerian churches. It was a, a, a mixed a mixed church. Okay. And I remember these pastors just calling. Oh, every time at the end of the church, they would call you forward. They'd someone to pray with you. And they just call me. But every time I will go forward and I will cry, 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 cry. And the burden was just so heavy. But well, that changed everything for me. That's when I started trying to see more of God in me than just living my life. That's when life started having sense. That's when I started understanding that Jesus loves me. It took, it's still taking a while to really accept that love, but I understood it. And obviously, I still had those issues because at 30, oh, I remember this whole um, losing affair happened. I was still thinking, okay, but God is still punishing me. I didn't understand then that when I accepted Christ, Old things were really passed away and I become a new person. There's a level of okay, of course, of course, of course. And they forgot and these things I I've, I've forgotten but uh, but I still consequences. That's mm-hmm. how you think about it. But I didn't realise that it really meant that I'm now Jesus. Like it's no longer mm-hmm. me but Christ who lives in me. And when you accept him, God literally doesn't say you anymore. He says Christ. I think that's what I've now had to learn in the past few years. Which is why, once again, royalty. Because I'm the child of a king. I'm joined here with Christ. You know, I have dominion in this world. You said, you said, don't think of yourself as just a fearful slave anymore. You know, I belong to God. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. I don't know if I said it. I went to you did. You did. Oh, yeah. Okay. Gosh. Okay. You had, I mean... You asked about the books, the eh? books yes. <laughs> so the book is very vulnerable, it's very honest. And mm. I think the reason why I know God needed me to write that is because many of his children are mm. under condemnation. Okay. When bad things happen to us, we we go back in our minds, which what did I do that is making God punish me like this? Mm. What did you know? I remember one woman saying that she even asked her husband, What did you offend? What did you do? What did you and God needed me to write that to show his daughters that legit. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And actually, I still see you as as royalty. You know, you're worth something. Don't think that you deserve the horrible things that happen to you because you don't. And that was the whole point of the book. So how has it been, you know, since the book came out? I know I know that it has come out for a while. Yeah. But how has the journey been now knowing that your story is out there? And you know, people now know you and see you and see all the vulnerable parts you yeah. didn't want them to, <laughs> to see. see, right? Um, at first, I think I was on a high when the book came out because I was very scared. I'm like, oh my god, when people see this, how would they see me? Because you know, I'd become this. Oh, I shared my testimony about losing my daughter, and you know, I was talking a lot about God, and they probably saw me as this perfect spiritual Christian, and they probably did not know any of my past or my story, mm-hmm. so I was worried that. How they see me? Have I been a hypocrite? But you know, the response was so positive. I realized how so many strongholds were broken by me sharing my story. A lot of people that were accepting 
the shame or the guilt or the condemnation that held them hostage were being set free. So for me, it was amazing. I didn't get as much negativity that okay. I expected to get. I, I, I was saying this to you earlier that I feel like every time God told me to do something, there's a grace that an ease. Mm. I legit feel like this grace covered me. I, I, I can never explain it. How it not become more scandalous story how it's not been all over tabloids or blogs or whatever it's never really come up like that like nobody talks about it like i didn't even say it which is amazing yeah so i i thank god for that and so that was probably one of the best parts of the book but at the same time self-publishing let's talk about the practical stuff Mm. it was hard you're trying to promote a book you're doing ads you're doing interviews you're doing all of that and I was newly pregnant. I just finished organizing business concert and I was pregnant and I launched the book. So I was a bit overwhelmed. So even then, I had to take a break. So I'm even thinking about relaunching it because I had to stop pushing it yeah, as much because okay. I was so emotionally drained. And I also think I wasn't ready for the requirements and the demand mm-hmm. of, being <laughs> of, an author. of being an author and writing that kind of book because mm-hmm. then a lot of people also come to you and pour themselves on you mm-hmm. and because I was pregnant spiritually I didn't feel like I could handle the the demand of that so I had to take a, a break to take care of me to take care of myself to reassess mm-hmm. so that when I come back with it I can I'm ready to carry on oh, no. okay. what, it, what it entails because it is a ministry you know mm-hmm. and you, you can't just do it in your own strength. Okay. So, um, so we're talking about relaunching the book, putting out more, pushing it more, and just because and something else about the book recently, and I had to fight this. I just found myself getting more and more embarrassed about it. Like, yeah, I know it's such an mm-hmm. uh, an odd feeling. It is. It's such an odd feeling, but I honestly just find myself like I think about it and I'm like I cringe. Like, oh my god, did I really write that book? Oh my god, do people really know this about me? Do people do. Which is part of why I'm now determined to even push it more because mm. I'm like, no, okay, you're no. gonna have to fight. Yeah, this that. that means that this is just another way of distracting me because there's a message to be heard. There are people that are meant to be set free, and I'm going to do what I need to do to make sure that I share this story. Mm. So yeah, it's been an interesting journey. journey. <laughs> it really has been. So when you look at your journey now. I mean, from all your life, yeah. um, school, secondary school, getting married, using your babies in Afia, and then having your children now with two boys. What part of yourself would you say you're still working on? Because I know it's been a journey of you know self-discovery, <laughs> being more self-assured. Yeah. You know, but if you could say that there's this part that I don't think I quite have it all together, what would you say it is? I, I don't think anybody has it. Anybody mm. has it all together. You know, and I think that's one of the pressures I used to feel. I used to feel like, oh God, I need to be perfect. I need mm. to be perfect. But when I realized that, man, I'm always working on something. So right now, I was talking to you about spiritual mentorship. Okay. I mm. felt like spiritually, especially after a second child, because for me, babies knock me out. Every time I'm pregnant, I I was I can't I don't I don't perform ultimate optimally. Mm. Babies, I don't know what is about pregnancy, and then mm-hmm. the immediate months after, I just realized that spiritually, I'm just not. On, on point mm. so that's something I, I feel like I need to really get together because you can't share God's word or God's message or you know do what God has called you to do if you're not actually always in his presence if you're not carrying him everywhere you go mm. so I've, I've literally had to like shut down a lot of things just to reconnect there the other thing I know I'm working on is my emotions in terms of my kids 
Children bring out a lot from you. <laughs> My son just had let me realize that I'm not patient enough. It makes me realize that, you know, I still have some issues that I need to deal with. So sometimes when he's doing some stuff, I, oh, I'm ready to take it personal. Why are you doing this to me? And this child, did they send you to me? And I realized that, no, this boy is just being a child. And through him, God is showing me the weaknesses in me that I have to work on. Be more wow. patient. You know, have more self-control over your emotions. You know, you don't... How do you speak? I'm very aware of what I say. There's so much more. I'm trying to just... I'm, I'm just trying to be the best version of myself I can for him. Because I felt like I didn't get that growing up. And I don't want my son to grow up as broken as I felt like I did. And have to do all the work I'm now doing. I want to, I want my kids to grow up whole. And to see that, oh, my mother was, she did her best and she was, I wanted to be positive experiences. So I'm always working on myself. I'm always working on myself. Every time I see a bit of a shortfall, I'm like, oh no, you need to work on this. You need to work on this. You know, she did that patience thing and, mm. and that self-confidence thing. Trusting yourself. Okay. Trusting yourself is, 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 is a main issue for me. Especially as in this world of social media there's okay. there of course is the the battle not to compare yourself to others yeah i'm trying to understand that our journeys are different so sometimes i see maybe my mates doing things and i'm like ah oh, what when am i going to why is it not me what and it's like no but your journey is your journey like don't don't compare just huh. face your front do you and so it's that, it's being confident in your own journey, not trying to rush it, not trying to be like anybody else, just. Is there something that you'd say you do every day or you do often that maybe just puts you in that mindset of this is my journey, don't compare yourself to anybody and, you know, I'm still on the journey of becoming? <sighs> it's going to sound so cliche, but I think for me it will probably still be the same thing of praying. Okay. I try to pray as much as I can and I'll just tell you about it like I have to pray in tongues like to, wow. I'm, I'm actually being very practical like this is mm. what I'm doing mm-hmm. two hours praying in tongues every mm. day at least and please remember this I'm not saying God start trying to pray everybody <laughs> has their own journey yeah. the reason why okay. I need that you know so not like somebody's going to listen to me and say I have to uh, pray two hours no it's two hours yeah That's so and okay. please don't listen to me and then come and say why is she doing two hours what's, what's, please okay. just once again this is my <laughs> own my own journey. Okay. I think the other thing is just every day I try to do something that concerns what God has called me to do. So I have the blog. I have I'm, I'm putting that event together where we're talking. Um, we're going to come together for people that dealt with like the loss of a child. So every day is literally just okay. God, what's today? What what are we saying today? What what am I supposed to do today? today. I'm not trying to. And then obviously there's a full picture. So I'm trying to put structure to what I'm doing. But at the end of the day. I'm just trying to be a better version and I, I really, really, really try as much as I can to surrender to the Holy Spirit because my own journey is not... Like, I can try to do it the way some of my friends have done things. Okay. Imagine if I try to do things the way Omi or DDK. <laughs> I'll probably, like, collapse because we don't have the same ministry. Yeah. True. Right? So, it's reminding myself and just staying focused on what I'm supposed to do. So, if today, all I know that I'm planning an event regarding dealing with the loss of a child and I focus on that oh if it's I want to write something for my blog I focus on that if I want to I'll talk to you about podcasting I focus on what it has to do something with my assignment your assignment I'm not going to try to now go and ah see 
if this person doing that, let me try to do that. No, I'm very clear on my assignment and I'm, I'm, I'm focused on that. And do you have your assignments written out? Like your vision is written out in a place where it reminds you and yeah. prompts you to yeah. just be focused. Yeah, I think, I think that's very important. So I have a journal where, and I, I, I think beginning of every year, I'm probably every quarter I always review but the beginning of every year I sit down with God I'm like okay what are we trying to do this this mm-hmm, year yeah. so okay so we're going to relaunch the book we're going to talk about the book again perfect we're going to do um, more events perfect we're going to speak more perfect like whatever so I have it so sometimes when I forget mm. I go back okay so oh and, and I'm actually in awe of how the things I wrote are actually happening and happening. I'm not even wow. it's not even as once again that is Thing. like it's, it's amazing mm-hmm. like just when I'm, I stay in God's direction everything works out um, the event I'm putting together and I think we're going to be doing more of it like they're healing gatherings right for people to come and talk about their emotional and so the first one people call me but so send me your account number send me your account number send me we want to put towards it cool oh um, do you guys have food for the day no okay well, I'm going to cook the food for the day free no problem wow. um Somebody who just messaged me today, oh, please, you guys need a music minister. And she's a relatively big name. I would like to do it for free. I'm like, what's going on here? It's an ease. But that's because I'm clear on the assignment. And I, I legit just relax on God. And sometimes it's not always that simple for others. But I, I, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> so you're saying that if you stay in your vision, yeah. if you stay true to what God has asked you to do, there's a grace and there's a grace that will come with it. There's a grace. There's supernatural provision that there's, will come with it. I, I believe there is. I believe and I think sometimes when we get carried away by ourselves, our flesh, we might forget that. So you start you see the society get stressed out. Ah, it's going to work out. But if you trust in God, it says that you'll never be put to shame. But of course, as humans, we look at the flesh. So if for example now I have an event on Sunday. And so far, nobody had offered me food. Nobody had offered me money. I'll start panicking. Ah, is this thing going to work yeah. out? Mm. Is it, is it, because I'm getting carried away. But if I just, eh, but God, I said I'll do but it. I'll it. do it. If at the end they all we do is I sit down in my parlor and somebody comes and me and the person talk. It's enough. Okay. Like is it, is is knowing who sent you and knowing that you're literally just a, a vessel. A vessel. And this is for a Christian, but even non-Christians, you know, if if you're clear on your vision. And your 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 focus focus. focus. You have laser 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 sharp focus. focus. I promise you that it will work out. And I've seen it happen so many times. People are about to give up. They're about but they, they, they keep going and you just see everything. And they're like, ah, but you almost gave up now. Look at you now. Look at you now. A friend of mine, she designs bags, purses. And I met her randomly, I met somewhere and I saw her. She thought I'm about to get a job because you know, this purse business. I don't know. About to get a job, I'm like, are you sure? Like, because you have a really good gift, are you sure? So I did. I did come. I'm like, please, don't focus, focus on this thing. This is your good at what you're doing. Do it well. Do focus on this. And I don't know why it, it hasn't still grown yet, but I I saw somewhere that when Beyonce went to South Africa, Beyonce actually carried her purse. Wow. And this girl is Nigerian, by the way. Matigeli, I let me just hope I advertise her business more. <laughs> but so. But and so so I'm like, look at you, Beyonce is like I know it's okay. Can you imagine that you're just telling me the other day to stay focused? Imagine if imagine she had had, yeah to get a job. job or something like who knows the connection that happened for us to connect to Beyonce stylist that asked her for one of the bags. Who knows? Because you're doing something else. Okay. And if your vision is to work for someone, please do it amazing. But just be confident in that vision and don't try to compare your own vision 
anybody, anybody else. else. Like nobody's more successful. Somebody always says this, and I, I, I believe it. Nobody's more successful than you because you have your own success. Nobody can have the exact same vision of success that you do. Okay. So when you're trying to compare yourself to someone and say, oh, that person is a success, let me be like them. No, because your success is your success. Your success yeah. So you might as well just stay focused on that and everything will work out. Don't try to be anybody else. Thank Everybody's you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was quick. Yeah. Okay, so usually as I bring the podcast to yeah, close. I saw that. I think I'm done so I mean, rapid fire questions. First thing that comes okay. to your head. All right, cool. That's it. So what is your personal mantra? Everything works out for my good. Everything works out Everything. For my good. No matter what it is, it has to work out for my good. And I hope I'm not too Christianese, but I legit like the painful things, the good things. Last, 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 last. last. I was able to go back and say, ah, when this happened, this happened. Mm. everything was work out for my good that's great what are your three current pleasures that I currently enjoy I'm reading Michelle Obama's book hey Love that's my mommy I, 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 I do not I'm not like I honestly feel like ah my like, story is almost similar to mine you know mm. I've been dissatisfied with work feeling like she can do more so what's mm. like, ah, I'm, I'm trying to yeah, find the similarities <laughs> by force by, by force mm. um, that um, I started taking early morning and I love it. The silence. So at five o'clock, when it's dark and there's nobody there, I love, I love it. It just feel at one with God. So I really, really like that. Third pleasure. <laughs> My family, I guess. But that's always that's always a pleasure. Like so it's not the everyday pleasure. It really is. But yeah, um, probably music. You know, I'm rediscovering music. So very. Okay, so if you were to write your biography apart from royalty, you know, maybe at the end of your journey, what would you want it to be called? My God, yes. Do people have answers to that question? Actually, they do. Oh my God, that's... I've not about my life deep enough to know what I would want it to be called. You know, I saw this thing and I really liked it. It was a man's... Um, he had died. And they said, how do they put it? Sorry, I, I don't take too long mm. to remember. But it was along the lines of he did, he finished his work. Or something like that. But it wasn't those words. I really liked it. But I can't remember it. But basically, what I want it to be, I, I think, you know how there's knowing that you're royalty? Mm. Well, I want, to, I want you to say that I lived as royalty. Okay. Because one thing with the book is I realized that I know who I am. But I don't know if I've actually said living as who I am. So I want to, like I just said, yes, she knew who she was and she believed as she was. Yeah, that's such a good name. She knew who she was and she lived who she yeah, was. Yeah, that's what I want to. I, yeah, I would have I would been like, ah, they met her. She knew. She wasn't just faking it. She knew and she believed it and she lived it. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. So such a fun conversation. Really, you so have such a, such a quiet. There's just such this quiet spirit about you. I really, really loved it. Quiet spirit. Yeah. I've never heard that one before. <laughs> it was just warm and endearing. Well, Thank so. you. Thank you I so much for being that. here. Yeah, but you were also warm and endearing. So that was nice. <laughs> Gosh, thank you guys for listening to this episode. I'd really love to hear from you. 
what can you immediately begin to apply? What did you take away? What inspired you from our discussion? I'd love to hear from you. So please tag me, tag Tito, tag Becoming by Design. Put it up on your Instagram stories and do not forget to share with your friends. Thank you for joining me. And don't forget that the woman you are becoming is by intentional design and not by default. Have a great week. Mm -hmm.